I'm Bo Maddox with Robert Ortegon and Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, dabbage, blunnage, joinage, who knows, smoke it if you got it. Even if you got that CBD stuff, right guys? Smoke that if you have it. That's right. All that CBD. Do what you're going to do. So I am here with Ash Chancellor and Robert Ortegon. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're good. Great. I think with the mention of my name, your viewing figures just went up. Oh, whatever, wow. man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think, Robert? Um, I think he's right. Oh, really? That's <laughs> <laughs> these looks, bro. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. All right. Today we are talking about an iconic film. And one of the greatest debuts of any actor, writer ever. And we're talking about, of course, John G. Avildsen's uh, Rocky, written by Sylvester Stallone, came out in 1976. And this is pretty much the underdog movie to end all underdog movies, right? Oh, definitely. definitely. Oh, man. This probably inspired the genre as a whole. In many ways, it did, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, the whole sports genre where there's an underdog and he has to fight his way up to the top. I mean, it's uniquely American and it's uh, and it's uniquely cinematic, you know, right, Robert? Yeah, definitely. American dream. American dream all the way. Very yeah. much the American dream. I mean, he plays Rocky Balboa. A uh, he, He's pretty much like a uh, small time hustler for a loan shark, right? Yeah. That's initially what it does. He he uh, shakes people up, up like union members down at the docks for money that they owe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty rough uh, way to uh, make a living. Make a yourself. living, man. Yeah. I mean, well, that and his his club boxing. Yeah. And his, and his club boxing, of course. But I mean, he makes nominal money. I mean, there's that first scene there where, you know, he's getting paid. Him and his opponent are getting paid, and it's kind of a ripoff. I mean, they absolutely. They take his uh, money for his towel and his shower and yeah. what 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 else? What else was there? Um, Jesus, I don't know. they had That's a probably whole, it. Yeah. Oh man, shower I mean, towel. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, they forty dollars. So I think the loser gets like twenty bucks for it. It's like yeah, it's it's barely even worth the taking the punches, right? 
Yeah. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't go through that for $40. I mean, I guess you're trying to get something to eat at that time, right? Of course, it was also 1976, so of course, inflation. Exactly. It's not really a tenable way to make money, but if you really want to get up into the uh, higher echelons of boxing, if you want to be a fighter, that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, it's just one of those facts of life that sometimes you got to pay to play. You know, like for for music and musicians, it's very much the same way, right? Yeah, and it it seems that Rocky kind of seems to have a motivation or maybe at times a lack thereof. Kind of, sort of, yeah. I guess I can see what you're saying. Later on when he's talking to Adrian, you know, she asks, why do you box? You know, why do you fight? And he says, because I can't sing or dance. (laughs) That's the only thing I know how to do, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, he he often relays... uh, like giving some of his life story, you know, how his father told him, was like, well, you don't got brains. I mean, you may as well just fight, you know, something, something to that effect. I think Creed says that too, right? Yeah, in, very much so. In, in, like, don't in be a fighter. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't be a fighter, kids. Exactly. He says that in uh, that interview. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, and it, yeah, he would know. I mean, the, I mean, fighters go through hell no. to do what they do. Oh yeah, Rocky takes quite a few punches. Yeah, but that that that's just fighters in general, be it UFC or uh, like Muay Thai uh, kickboxing or something like that, or K one or fighting or even professional wrestling. I mean, even if it's scripted, you know, it's still a very very difficult uh, life to live. Honestly, definitely, I would agree. I mean, it still takes a great deal of training. It takes a great deal of dedication. No, I mean, no matter what it is, and I mean, that is something that is definitely admirable, and it's it's understandable why that became a thing with uh, movies, you know, why it became a part of cinema. Like, absolutely. As usual, ladies and gentlemen, we are watching Rocky right now. <laughs> I mean, we always got to have, if we can help it, we always got to have the movie that we're reviewing on, on the background. Yeah, it helps right? a lot, too. Yeah, and we're at the uh, part where Rocky is talking to his loan shark boss, and he's telling him, "Is like, don't be soft on these motherfuckers." I'm gonna tell you to break the thumb. Yeah, I told you to break a thumb. Break the thumb. (laughs) But of course, he just doesn't have the heart for it. Now, this character, though, uh, Tony Gazzo, I was really intrigued by his character, and I know he's not a main character in this movie. But he's very interesting because at first he's kind of portrayed as this, you know, this this loan shark boss, uh, kind of a bad guy. And this other guy that's in the that's in the the car with him is yeah. really an asshole. But totally later on, this guy ends up giving Rocky some money for his date with Adrian it, and giving yeah. him five hundred dollars uh, whenever he gets picked for the. Yeah, he he, he bankrolls his uh, training. Yeah. Like straight up, I mean that's very generous, and he doesn't expect anything in return from him. Five hundred dollars for training. Don't so it was really interesting, and I think that's one thing I noticed about this movie is all of the characters are very nuanced. Uh, it was very refreshing to see a, a movie where the characters were portrayed realistically. There's no clear good and bad. There's not even a real main antagonist in this film. Yeah, not really. I mean Apollo Creed. I mean he's an opponent, but. He's, he's portrayed not, as a good guy, actually. He's he's a really good guy. He is. A little arrogant, maybe, but... Slightly. Yeah, and that, 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 obnoxious, once again, mostly obnoxious. But yeah. I mean, I, wasn't he kind of... Uh, his character based off of Muhammad Ali a little bit? Yeah. I think definitely. Yeah, oh, man, yeah definitely. He had that yeah. large, larger-than-life uh, appeal to him, you know? Mm-hmm. 
everybody looked up to him and he was like this uh this icon yeah yeah in boxing Cassius clay so i i really like how all the characters here are very nuanced and realistic we have the character of polly which is rocky's best friend who also um seems to be portrayed in the end as as a good guy just a a character with flaws and uh, uh, kind of a drunk and, and a little abusive, but still oh, not a bad person. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it stems from his alcoholism. I mean, he constantly has a pint on him drinking all the time. He works in mm-hmm. a freezer, right? Um, yeah, he works in a freezer stay all day. Stay warm, drink a pint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that would stand to reason, right? Yeah, stay warm somehow. Yeah, you got to. And then there's, there's Rocky himself, who struck me as an odd main character because he's very awkward at times. And, um, not only that he's, he's, he doesn't seem to be remarkably intelligent, but he's got a kind heart. I would say that he has very high emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in many ways. And, And it's really odd how the interactions he has with these characters, especially with his love interest in the film, Adrian, um, just kind of the way he, he, he moves about. It's very awkward, but it's also in a way relatable. Yeah. And it's also notable that uh, his uh, relationship with Adrian, I mean, she's very, very shy and reserved. And introverted. like d- Introverted. Yeah. Extremely introverted. D- did anyone else kind of feel like a date rapey feeling whenever he invited her to his house? It, I know it wasn't probably intended. She was just shy. And I think a lot of it is kind of the period, yeah. you know, the way men generally acted. But <laughs> at that, there's this point where she says, I'm uncomfortable. It was kind of funny because he did. And he keeps door. pushing. <laughs> he leaves the door open for her to like to come in. It's was funny. Yeah. I thought that exactly. was kind of interesting, though. Like, yeah. I know you're coming in. Let me leave yeah. this door open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also his relationship with uh, Burgess Meredith's character, Mickey. I mean, at first, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to it. I mean, he's just like, yeah, you're you're a good fighter, but I mean, you're a bum, you know? But then he becomes like the central to Rocky's uh, actual fight, you know? Whenever you get to the final fight with Apollo Creed, I mean, he is like just an all-time great representation of a boxing trainer inspirational mm-hmm. to him. Very inspirational. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially after he humbles himself and goes and talks to Rocky after that whole blow up in front of everybody, you know, where yeah. he, had, he had to tell him the truth. It's like you you're know? not doing anything with yourself, really. No, you're not doing anything with yourself. It's like, yeah, it's a living, but it's not an honest, credible living, yeah. you know. But then he humbles himself, goes uh, up to Rocky's apartment, and uh, actually levels with him a little bit. You could tell that this character, Mickey kind of had this this dream that he never that was never realized and oh, he, he finally sees that in rocky i think uh if, if you kind of read between the lines and, and you read some of the subtext you have this feeling you know he says i i didn't get to be this way because i didn't have a manager and he kind of wants to provide that for rocky and he wants to be the manager take care of him yeah he's, he's kind he's kind of more of a uh of a uh, guiding light for rocky more than just a trainer in a way mm-hmm. you know and later on in the, uh, you know, spoiler alert for uh, the, uh, it's like the, what, the fifth, sixth movie, Creed? Yeah. In Creed, I mean, he's very much the same way when uh, Rocky becomes a trainer for Adonis Creed. You know, I mean, he becomes very much the heart and soul of uh, that, mm-hmm. of his corner, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And in many ways, that movie is very much like a retelling of uh, the first one. Of, of the first yeah. Rocky, very much so, you know. And I mean, and especially in, uh, especially for one, in how it started, you know, like it started with uh, Adonis uh, fighting in a uh, Mexican boxing club, and then all the way up to the fight, you know, even yeah. to. Uh, I think there was like four fights in that film. At least, I think. In the beginning. Yeah, uh, because he, he, he had his, to... He puts his Mustang on the line and he gets his ass knocked out, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he had to uh, kind of fight his way up. Yeah. And in Rocky, it's very much the same way. I mean, he, he's very much at the bottom rung. But, I mean, in, in, in another way, I mean, he, he, gets to, he gets chosen to fight Apollo Creed just by, on the basis of his name. It honestly is kind of just a, a luck situation. And I think what was really interesting about Rocky is that I think before that he had seen his life as having a lot of bad luck. And then all, uh, all of a sudden this, this thing happens to him and it, it's not even because of the way he fights or anything. It's purely luck. He gets chosen because of, of this, this name that he chose for himself, the Italian stallion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and in many ways it's kind of an obvious name when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it does stand out like that. I mean, you're just like the Italian stallion. Mm -hmm. It's catchy, like, too. Yeah. yeah, you can get behind that, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I think that when Cassius Clay converted to Islam, there's, I mean, I think that the name he chose for himself, there's Muhammad no Ali. Muhammad Ali. That just has a ring to it, man. It really does. It really did. I mean, he, he picked the perfect name for, the perfect uh, religious name for himself. I mean, in that context, in the context of that religion. And, and I, I think that was a little calculated there. But, I mean, going back to Mickey a little bit, there is, and, and that animosity between them, I mean, it's very dismissive. It's very, uh, it's not antagonistic, of course. I mean, Mickey, Mickey does have some respect for who he is as a fighter. He just sees him wasting his potential. But, yeah, I mean, Mickey himself, I mean, Burgess Meredith, the... Uh, he really put in a great performance here, right? Which is played by the Penguin in the Animal series. Yeah, the Penguin. Series, yeah, exactly. Series. Yeah, he he was the Penguin in the original Batman series back with uh, Adam West and Burt Ward. Burt Ward. Oh man, he he was fantastic as that character. Probably the best Batman villain ever. Yeah, pretty much honestly. made that character. They all had to. Right? <laughs> yeah, and and he he brought a little bit of that grittiness that he had. Like there, there was a little bit of grit to the to the Penguin. You know, because it's, that's just Burgess Meredith. And he brought that grit to this character, you know. And that's something that I've always loved about uh, just Burgess Meredith as an actor and, and also this character as a whole. This character, you're right, he is very gritty. Um, but, it, but in a way, um, he, he's very likable, I think, later on, especially when he, after he levels with Rocky. I want to be your manager. You follow that, do you? Fight said I don't need no manager. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain and I've got experience. Well, i got pain I've got experience, too. Now, listen, kid. Hey, look, yes, hey, Mick. What? Look, I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help. I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Well, I, I, uh, I know I, I'm 76 years old. And, uh, 
10 years of coming to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I asked no favors from you! Don't swallow around me! Talk about your prime. I'm not my prime, Mick! At least you had a prime! I ain't had no prime, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting them nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't wanna fight that big fight, it was gonna happen to me. I'm gonna get that! I'm gonna get that! And you want me ringside and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Help me with my civic in my face, Jason? Legs ain't working, nothing's working. Then you'll go out and fight the chair. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. And you come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on in, Christ's house. Real life, come on in and move. It stinks. Two place stinks. Yeah, he de- he definitely becomes a, a more multifaceted character after that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, a lot of the characters in this movie are very very nuanced. Um, they don't fit standard archetypes necessarily. Oh no, not at all, not at all. That's what was really refreshing was at this movie, um, the the pace and, and and the flow of it are very unique. I think. Yeah, I mean, and, and especially coming from uh, somebody who, I mean he pretty much wrote this movie because he needed his big break. I mean, there's a little bit of an autobiographical uh, feel to it, you know? I mm-hmm. mean... Like a, a rise to, f- to fame kind of Yeah, thing yeah. I mean, this was, this was his first movie. I mean, he, uh, he this fir- his first movie that he wrote, he pitched it himself. And he also... Uh, originally, he wasn't going to star in this movie. I mean, they, they, were, they were getting like, who are they going to try to get? I have no idea. <laughs> But no, it, he wanted to start. That's the only way he pitched it, right? I guess. Hey, you got something for me? Yeah, there was some guy here from Miles Juggins looking for you. They need sparring partners for Apollo 3. Put me on. There's a cop. Who was it here? About an hour ago. They're probably looking for sparring partners for Creed, you know? seen the godfather one and two that's where de niro made his break too yeah you need to see the godfather ash that's a great movie <laughs> oh, but you and, know. and yeah adrian is in that movie yeah what what's her name talia something oh talia shire Ta- talia shire exactly like we said before she is a quintessential kind of introverted uh, kind of shy character i mean we've seen this character a lot like Ash and I are both anime fans. We've seen that character type quite a bit. Yes, that, that archetype is, is quite present in uh, a lot of anime. Uh, oh, yeah. 
So, it, it, but you don't typically see it in a live action movie. So it, it was interesting to see this character, and I, I could really jive with that and understand. Yeah, it, yeah, it, made, it made her seem a lot more real. You uh-huh. know, like uh-huh. she she doesn't seem like a uh, caricature or that she kind of stands out or anything. She's not incongruous. I mean, she really. I mean, I know uh, some girls like that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely know some real life people. Yeah, both men men and women who, I mean, they're definitely just really quiet. They're really reserved. They don't want to, you know, really stir the stir the pot or anything, rock the boat. Really get to know anybody. And so, in a way, she's very difficult to read. uh, I think for both the viewer and for Rocky, you know, and and that. you get the sense because she, she looks at him several times in the beginning of the film when he visits uh-huh. her in the pet shop. You can see the way she looks at him, but she's he, she's not talking, you know. Yeah, she doesn't know how to really vocalize that sort of thing yet. But, I mean, in the end, he, he has enough uh, talking to <laughs> to spare for the both of them. Honestly. <laughs> he has enough words to say for the both of them. I mean, he is constantly talking to her, and she's just like, I mean, she's not even going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's not even doing that. She's just quiet. completely silent. And he just goes on about his uh, his fighting career for the entire entirety of their date. Yeah. But I mean, in the end, I mean, it seems like she supports him and she's interested in that. Yeah. And that, that's really established uh, whenever they go to that skating rink on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a him. beautiful, beautiful scene. I love that scene. Definitely. I, I, uh, I think that was a very well written scene. Uh, I think it really, you could feel the interaction between the characters and you could feel the love blossoming. Mm-hmm. Well, what it was is that the producers and uh, Stallone and the director, they originally wanted to have like a bunch of extras. They originally wanted it to have a really, really uh, busy feel and everything, you know, but they, it was just going to be too fucking expensive. It, I think so, it's better so, the way it turned out. Yeah, it's way better the way it turned out because it's more intimate. Yeah. Definitely, they're spent. They're spent this time alone in the in the ice rink, which is established in, in the movie as it's already closed, and they get to rent it out for ten more minutes because Rocky begs the yeah. He pretty much uh, begs the uh, owner, just like, hey, come on, man. I know it's Thanksgiving, but I mean, just give us at least a little bit. And then he tries to haggle with him. Uh huh. <laughs> that that was priceless when he's haggling. Uh huh. But what I really like about the relationship between these characters is that. It, like the the characters' personalities in this film, it, it's very real. Uh, it's a very accurate depiction, I think, of real life love, um, in, in a sense that these characters aren't torn away on a on a whirlwind all at once. Yeah, and they start telling they love each other and stuff. But towards the end of the at the very end of the film is when they finally confess their feelings for each other, and and they say, you know, I love you. And I think that's a very powerful moment because it was kind of built up throughout the film. Exactly. Yeah, it really built up to that. I mean, and it built up to it perfectly as well. I mean, it's kind of like that's how it's supposed to really happen, you know? And you don't really see that a lot in film. I mean, there's all kinds of different tropes involved when it comes to how relationships are portrayed. I mean, we've discussed that before on this podcast on yeah. many times already. I believe in a thing called love. Oh, this motherfucker. Just as it does the rhythm of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that's a little in-joke between co-workers and co-hosts. <laughs> Ash. <laughs> oh, man, don't put me on the spot. Damn it. Oh, of course, man. But yeah, Adrian. I mean, yeah, she does remind me of uh, a... 
even just a certain person. She knows who she is, you know. But, I mean, there are a lot of ways to really get through to people like that, you know. I mean, in, in many ways, I mean, he takes kind of the more, like, straightforward approach, I would say. And that works, I think, because yeah. that's just the kind of person he is. Like I was saying earlier, with his interactions, they're very awkward, especially with her. But it's a part of his character. You can sense that, you know, she's got this this shine. Actually, he says early on in the film, "I'm dumb and you're shy." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm dumb. You're oh, shy. Dumb, exactly. You're shy. It's 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 a perfect mix in a way. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, there there it gives a little more gravitas to that relationship, and also just how genuine Rocky is. As a mm-hmm. as a character towards Adrian, I mean, he, he doesn't bullshit with her. He's a very pure character, I think. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't bullshit with anyone, but especially not Adrian. Especially mm-hmm. not Adrian. No, he he does not parse words with her. And then I think the most one of the most powerful moments in the film is at the very end after he actually loses the championship because of a split decision. Yeah, because they actually end up tying, yeah. and so. But as you can tell, he's not even focused on whether he won or lost he's calling for adrian's name and she runs to him through the crowd um and and they embrace and the only thing that's in his mind is adrian and i I think that's really important because it brings the movie full circle to this love story which is really interesting because this film both focuses on rocky's career and his rise to fame but also on this love story that's happening that's more than just a subplot but it 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 brings it full circle and at the very end it, it it portrays it as almost the main focus yeah i mean there's there's real honesty to it uh-huh. you know and especially in that final moment i mean it's it's iconic it's often parodied you know to the point where people kind of forget its context i think mm-hmm. you know i mean but you know such as society such as culture but i mean yeah he's really really just he just wants his woman i mean he already did what he came there to do i mean he mm-hmm. he, he knew he wasn't going to win and that dawned on him like just a little while before he, uh, literally the night before, he was yeah. like, I can't win this. I'm not supposed to win. I'm not supposed to win. I just need to go the distance. Just but in a, in a way, that is his claim to fame. Yeah. At and the end, um, the, the lads, uh, the Jurgens announces uh, the greatest exhibition of guts and stamina in the history of the ring. Yeah. And 15 rounds in reference to the fight yeah 15 rounds so it was something that was really 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 impressive uh, it was really inspiring i think um, both to the viewers beyond the fourth wall and in the characters in the film exactly this i mean underdog especially since i mean taking apollo creed's uh, character in his career i mean most of his opponents never went three rounds with him no, they, they never didn't. went past mm-hmm. three rounds nope so for him going the distance would have been like four or five rounds but he went all the way to 15 yeah. And they don't do 15-round matches anymore, do they, they do, Robert? They do 12 now. 12. Yeah. Still with a three-minute uh, you know, time limit. I kind of want to bring it also, back. Also, he was the first one ever, sorry, to knock down the champion. Exactly. He, he knocked him down on the first round, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a big, big one. I mean, that, that was uh, when uh, Apollo looks at him and is like, oh, it's that kind of fight. Oh, but it's also Rocky's first time getting his nose broken, something that's pointed out on the film, that no matter how many times he's been knocked down. Like 64 fights, right? Or something. Yeah. But he's that, never had his nose broken. He mentions this to Adrian, but in this fight with Apollo, it gets serious for both of them. I think the stakes are higher than 
you know, they've ever been. Yeah, it, it becomes a matter of pride by the end. Uh-huh. And then know? that moment when they embrace each other and they say there will be no rematch. Of course, we all know in the next film yeah, there, there, are there, there are some rematches. Yeah. That's where the money is. It's, it's built into the rematch. I wanted to point out too, um, going back to the anime stereotypes. Yeah, Rocky kind of portrays that that very anime esque character development. You know that that is the the character that keeps getting up no matter how many times. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about though. There are quite a few characters that are like that. Um, I mean, a good example are just pretty much any shonen uh, hero, like your Ichigo, your Naruto, in a way, uh-huh. like several characters Goku. in Naruto. Goku, of Goku. course. Super yeah. Saiyan. I mean, yeah, he it does kind of fit into that mold. I mean, and I, if I remember correctly, there was a boxing anime back in the day. Like, like uh, uh, Baki the Grappler? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that is, that's more of a fighting. That That's wrestling, I that's guess. That's more of a straight martial arts fighting, but very similar. It's though. very similar. Yeah. And... All kinds of mother issues. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that anime. That anime is fucked up. Uh, it's pretty fucked up. The original OVO is pretty fun, but yeah, the, that anime is fucked up. Right. So I, I really did enjoy seeing um, that archetype portrayed uh, once again in a live action movie, something that we don't we don't see a lot. Or, or when it's attempted, it's just uh, not done particularly well. It's not done well. But Rocky always gets up, no matter what. He's got this like that's his that's his power. That's his ability is is, is this ability to keep getting kind of like a hectic knife in our last episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another heart. shout out to hectic knife. It's heart, man. Yeah. yeah. It's total heart. Yeah, heart dedication. His guts. And, and also a little bit of athleticism. 
Yeah, and, and then there's the uh, training montage scene, which I think is probably the most famous training it's montage the, scene of all time. Next it to is. the Karate Kid, this is the training montage. I, I kind of want to work out to that music, actually. It's the perfect workout music, and also, you know... I have uh, the Tiger music. I don't know if I you have the that. Tiger, that's another good Rocky one. Three. That was in uh, Rocky Three, right? Three, yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, you know, you're the best. Uh, no one's gonna ever bring you down <laughs> i really did actually enjoy the soundtrack of this movie it's a um, great soundtrack. that main theme which i've heard before of course um because it's just so famous and then there's even like a slower version of it that plays in a few scenes in the film yeah it's a lot more uh, understated a little more subtle oh yeah we're, we're at uh, adrian and rocky's first date Scene. She's still wearing the glasses. Like wow. the oh, turkey. this is this is the scene with uh, Polly. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I think I think Adrian is adorable. Honestly, she's really cute. <laughs> she is adorable. Just an adorable person all the way around through and through. Honestly, I think. Uh huh. But yeah, that world that world uh, heavyweight title fight, man. Just the way that it was uh, shot, the way that. I mean, the, the way that they used the stock footage to kind of fill in the shots. I mean, you can even see in the back where you can see the empty seats yeah, where, there should, where there should be people there. Should be sold <laughs> out. It's a title fight. But, I mean, in the end, I mean, it's all about the action in the ring. I mean, and it's just about uh, how these two characters, they finally clash, you know? Mm-hmm. There's I'm, so many good scenes in this movie. Yeah. But that one really, I think, at the end was really powerful. And it, 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 once again, it's very, very real. Yeah. You know, you you see these characters, and for a while, it, it's almost a little frustrating because they they don't actually land any hits. Yeah, for a little while, but I mean that that's kind of how boxing goes. You know, I mean yeah. it can be like that. I mean some fights, I mean it'll start off a little slow, and then it'll get a little more intense, and then mm-hmm. it'll taper off near the end. Some of it will be kind of slow all the way through, and then it starts getting more intense closer to the end. Yeah. Some some fights, I mean they'll uh, be really really intense, like the first five or six rounds, and then they just peter out. And then Rocky knocks him down to the ground. Oh, that's triumph- triumphant. And that's a moment, yeah, where Creed realizes that he's serious. What's funny is that this is foreshadowed earlier on. Creed's trainer or or one of the guys that was working with him sees Rocky on the television doing the the meat punching. Yeah, he's he's punching uh, the meat at uh, Polly's meat shop. And, ribs, right? Yeah, and he sees how serious Rocky is, but nobody else is paying attention. Nobody's watching. Creed's it. back is turned, and he he's dismisses the the without leaving. Not, not even up. back back turn. He dismisses it offhand off screen. He doesn't yeah. even check his opponent out. Seriously, he doesn't what? even come and look at him. Yeah, and so it's once again it. it for the same, it's kind of also when he picked Rocky just based on his name. Yeah, it's it's all such an impulsive thing for him to do. Yeah, you know, which which does fit into his character. I mean, he he in the end he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He he wants to you know give a good fight, you know, as well as make his money. Right. You know, because he's still a fighter. He still wants his pride. And and then in the end, when his opponent is uh, injured for that fight, I mean, he comes up with that idea of, you know, I I just want to take somebody off of the streets, some fighter who. Uh, who may never get a chance otherwise. I want to give him a chance at the world heavyweight title. Yeah. Like, big time thing. That's mm. no small thing for a boxer. Do you guys think it was interesting how in the end... One in a million. Rocky mm. doesn't even win the, the, the championship, which is what she might have expected. But at the same time, he does win this 
rise to fame. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and that uh, makes things a little more realistic. It's more down to earth that way. That's what you know. I really enjoy about this film. It's very down to earth. Very down to earth, you know? And, and that's just coming from uh, who wrote it, Sylvester Stallone himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stallone wrote this movie pretty much by himself, right, Robert? Yeah, he did. I think he was inspired to watch a fight at home. Yeah, he, he, he was initially uh, watching a fight with uh, Chuck Wepner versus who? It was Ali. Uh, Wepner versus Ali. So, yeah. so that once again is the parallel with uh, Apollo Creed representing Ali. See, oh, Chuck, yes. Chuck I mean, Webner is a real life person. Yeah, right, he is. Right. Yeah. So that yeah. once again goes to how realistic this movie is. It's realistic because it's based on a true story. Now, now of course, a lot is uh, a lot is dramatized. Like, of course, the relationship with uh, with uh, Rocky and Adrian, Adrian. between them. That, you know, but this does really feel like it would be very close to real life. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Robert. What do you know about we- uh, Webner? Um, he was a Golden Globe boxer. I think he was ranked like number eight in the world at that time, right? No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So, I guess yeah, they they handpicked him as. Yeah. Now, being that this movie's based on a true story, I noticed that that's not put anywhere in the film, though. No, it's not. No, so, it, it never claims to be a true story, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah. in, in a way, it's like Stallone took the story. From Webner. Yeah. Took his life rights. Took his, you know. Kind of, sort of, I guess you could say it. I mean, it's I mean, a great movie, and I respect uh, Stallone a lot with the writing. But Oh, yeah. He, Stallone uh, says he based it off of Rocky Marciano. Which is is that what he says? That's I mean, what he says. I, I read in the liner notes of the DVD that it's pretty clearly uh, Webner. That yeah, that's it. new. See, they took that off of YouTube and all that. Hmm. He says he based it off of Marciano. Uh, maybe maybe he was just mistaken or something like that. No, he said that in like interviews. Huh. Yeah. Just probably so is it sued. a conspiracy? I think so a That's little bit. I'm, it's a conspiracy. But in a way, it, it's something that we're really glad that this movie came about anyway. Oh, of course. And I mean, all these years later, I mean, this is still. I mean, this is just the kind of movie to watch for these times, the times we're in. What do they say? Life is stranger than fiction? Yeah. I mean, today we just had our so-called president sell our country out. To Russia. To Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Trump. Huzzah, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, that is staying in the podcast. Absolutely. We're going to be speaking Russian now. Uh, Duh. Yeah, Putin make make America great again. Russian American. Russian American relations. Great this ever. I break you. <laughs> you oh my God. I, I swear I want to do an entire podcast in a Russian accent. Just straight <laughs> up. That would be so hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. We might develop something like that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We, we might do that. I mean, we did do a Russian movie, Hardcore Henry. Maybe that'd be a commentary. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That could be fun. That's an idea. <laughs> Commentaries are always fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. But, yeah, I mean, Wepner himself, I haven't really uh, looked up a whole lot on him. Once again, Collateral Cinema Research Department. Well, they have a <laughs> movie that came out. I don't know if you've seen it either. It's called Chuck. And at the bottom it says, the movie that inspired Rocky or something. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Something like that. Yeah. By by the About the guy that inspired yeah. Rocky. You know? Because, I mean, 
Of course, they reference Rocky Marciano in this film. Yeah, and yeah. He's referenced. He's a, he's a, Rocky has the, the poster there you go. for Rocky he's Marciano. Exactly. Yeah, he has uh, Rocky Marciano's poster. I mean, Burgess and Meredith as Mickey. Mickey just straight up uh, points out like, ah, Rocky Marciano. <laughs> Great. Great <laughs> fire. <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell that Rocky has this inspiration. Um, and it's interesting because there's the connection with the name, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the longest time, I did think that this was about Rocky Marciano, you know, for yeah. the longest time. But I mean, when I found out it was about Chuck Wepner, it's like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The same events actually happened on live TV. Was it like yeah. So, yeah. Delone's saying it was inspired by Rocky Marciano. I mean, there's an extent because he's referenced in the film. Yeah. 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 Maybe he was he was inspired well, by way, boxing stories. Like, the way they're both Southpaw fighters, I guess. Yeah, Cla- yeah, something like that. Southpaw. Yeah. Because, yeah, Rocky, uh, in, in this movie, Rocky Balboa, he's a Southpaw. And then that's actually a little bit of a plot point when it comes to the fight because uh, nobody wants never, to fight a Southpaw. Yeah, he never got a shot because of that. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, it always vo- it, uh, knocks people off their game. Timing is off, everything is Yeah, timing's off. I mean, you gotta you got to fight somebody like that in an entirely different way. I mean, I guess in what way you have to be a lot more what defensive with it, more yeah. or less. Like, you got that left-handed jab going into your eye. Yeah, yeah, seriously. As a right-handed fighter, and then see a southpaw, they knock out left and jab right, right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's what it would. And be. that's something uh, Apollo Creed point. Uh, th- that's something that's pointed out to Apollo Creed. I think by Jurgens, he says, uh, "Well, you know that this he's a southpaw, right?" Mm-hmm. And then Creed's doesn't seem to care. He seems motivated to just fight this character. Based he's on his just name. more enamored by the idea that he had in making it happen. Yeah. So yeah. that, that he, he just doesn't really consider the implications of what he's doing, you know, and, and that, and in a way, yeah, Rocky kind of catches him slipping a little bit. Uh, so it's interesting that they make this left-handedness trait kind of a, a plot point with Rocky's character. Yeah. And how he never got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it actually factored into his career, you know, uh-huh. In the second one, he's trained to fight right-handed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Time. But then, but then he all, he switches back to southpaw at the switches last second, right? At the the end of the fifteenth round. I am yeah. not right-handed. Switches <laughs> <laughs> back because Creed was going to knock him out. I mean, oh is yeah, that a definitely obligatory Princess Bride reference. Obligatory. Yeah, we got to We got to do Princess Bride sometimes. It's a good so movie. We definitely need to do an episode. Great. That's that my favorite one. movie of Under all time. Under the Giant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Today we're here with heavyweight challenger Rocky Balboa. The reason we're standing in hey, this refrigerator... Hey, the meat guy's sticking his face in. Let's try it again, Rocky. Today we're here with heavyweight challenger Rocky Balboa. The reason we're standing in this refrigerated box is that Mr. Balboa has an unusual method of training. And in a moment, he's going to demonstrate that for the viewing audience at home. But first, Rocky, how did you come to train in an ice box? Uh, well, uh... My friend, the guy over there, he let me in one day and I hit the beef here and I kind of liked it. And since I've become a challenger, the owner don't mind either that I come in. Is this a common training method? I mean, do other fighters pound raw meat? No, I think I invented it. Would you don't give us a demonstration? To confirm the reservation sure. for our people at ringside. And be sure to fly my barber to fill it. Hmm? For the people. How much is being channeled into West Coast closed circuit advertising? 300,000. 
450. And send the mayor's wife 200 roses from me and make sure we get a picture of it for all the newspapers. Do you want to run the 15 radio spots in the Midwest? I think you could spend your money better in Canadian publicity. By the way, Apollo, I've got a couple of friends up in Toronto who probably be able to get you a pretty good tax break. <laughs> George, I like you. Hey, champ. Gotta come look at this boy you're gonna fight on TV. Looks like he means business. Yeah, yeah, I mean business too. Hey, Shirley, you got any more coffee out there? Oh, oh Mr. Greed, I'll get you some right away. After the fight, I may just retire and run for you. Yeah. Get the arena is on the program session, and uh, Ghost Run with the arena is not in But yeah, man, I mean. Robert and I, we watched this movie not too long ago. We watched it this past weekend. And, man, I mean, it w- it just pumped me up so much, mm-hmm. man. Oh, it always gets me going every time. I watched yeah. it today for the first time, which is crazy, I know, because yeah. everybody has seen this movie. This is a movie that's kind of burned into the American lexicon, you know, kind of like Easy Rider and Jaws. Like at least and, over 40 years old. You know, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's just burned into our psyche a little Iconic, bit. Iconic, though. You know. Well, I'm looking at the case right now. Yeah, I, I have the case set up on my desk. There's an American flag in the background. Can we, can we talk about how like uh, the American dream is a, yes. is is present in this film? Like Apollo Creed's whole costume scenario at the end, and um, the whole idea of America, uh, the American dream. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's very much an undercurrent of this movie. I mean. This is a uniquely American film. I mean, this is a guy that was, uh, he comes from an immigrant background, you know. I mean, he's not an immigrant himself, but, I mean, he's Italian-American, you know. And he's living in uh, Philadelphia, in in the hood, pretty much. You know, he's a, he lives in a crummy apartment. I mean, he, he's, he has a uh, rolled-up mattress as a punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those rolled-up foam mattresses. It's like, man, th- those springs have to be like hell on his hands, though, right? It's an interesting uh, rags to riches story, which is very, <clears throat> very American. Yeah, it is. I mean, and the thing is, is that he doesn't actually get his riches. It's more just like uh, fame, fame and yeah. you know, uh, and respect. That's what really what this is about. It, this isn't a movie that's inherently about money or anything like that. No, I mean, m- money plays a role in this film. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. there there is constantly money being changed here, you know. Like like for instance, the aforementioned uh, the the first fight in the movie where he has to out of his winnings he has to pay you know a towel and shower fee and stuff like that. He has to do the pay to play thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's the fact that he's a uh, that he's a uh, muscle for a loan shark, mm-hmm. you know. And he has to force people to pay the money. He uh, and then he's living in this crummy apartment. And and then, and then later on when he uh, when he, he actually fights I mean, you know Polly's uh, meat company he he pays to have uh, an ad on his back uh huh uh-huh. you know so yeah I mean money in business is a constant motif in this movie that's America right? very American money. yeah it's capitalism all the way and through and through you know promotions and really there's nothing more capitalist than boxing yeah you know I mean th- this is a this is a sport where you know millions of dollars are of transactions are made just in betting alone. The whole world. That, that's watching. not that's yeah. not including just the purse that's giving like like both the winner and the loser gets a purse. They get a cut of that purse, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And then the idea of this uh, rise to power. That's very, very capitalist. Very much so. Yeah. In, in, in the end, I mean, that power isn't alluring to him. I mean, he still just wants his woman. Yeah. He, just, he yeah. wants Adrian. He didn't really care about winning. He just wanted to see if he was good enough, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think he wanted to realize his purpose and his... I think he'd listen to what some other people had told him, like Mickey, and that he has all this potential, but he's not using it. Yeah. I think yeah. that was important. He had to find himself. And, and then uh, Apollo uh, choosing him for this fight, that was just the kick in the ass that he that he needed to just really, you know, get out there, start training. Uh-huh. Like like when, when he first starts training, like by the time he's uh, at the top of those steps, he's even. He's got stitches. He's got yeah. cramps. He is. Mm. He's fucked up. Beat to shit. Really. Have, you guys, yeah. have you guys seen those actual steps? I've oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did, did you see them uh, when they had the statue up at the top of the steps or at the bottom of the steps? I don't remember. It was a while back, but I do remember that, yeah, they had the statue and then they talked about these are the steps, these are the steps that Rocky Balboa <laughs> rocks up. Uh-huh, exactly. And then, yeah, that is such an iconic moment, another iconic moment in that arms movie. Arms in the air. And it's just pure triumph, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's like, be- it makes you want, it gets you pumped up, makes you want to get out there and just achieve your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it's just his personal triumph, you know, his athletic triumph, you know, and and the fact that, you know, he's actually progressing in his training. I mean, you Uh feel every ounce of it, you know, you feel every every mile he jogs, every hit he takes. I mean, you feel all of that in this movie. Character really grows on you. No, exactly. Yeah, he he just grows on you uh, more and more and more as the movie goes on. Mm Mm-hmm. You get to understand it, him and then relate to him a little bit more. And uh, Mickey is kind of the same way. I mean, most of all of these characters, I mean, they really grow on you because, I mean, they're just very human characters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like I said, there's absolutely no bullshit in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's no bullshit with Rocky. There's no bullshit w- with the relationship between Rocky and Mickey. Uh-huh. It, you it, know? That's very no bullshit. I mean, his relationship with his uh, with his uh, loan shark boss is very no bullshit. I mean, th- this is a bullshit free movie. It's all put out there in the front. Yeah, it's 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 very down to earth. It's very uh, sometimes it can even be a little tongue in cheek with itself in its own sly way, you mm-hmm. know, its own sly way, sly stone way. Being Italian, right? So it, yeah, it's very much about that experience as well. You know, now I haven't seen any of the sequels yet, but did you, would you say that this theme kind of continues? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely continues. He's yeah. still the underdog in every one of these films, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. It, it, so there's always a new challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like uh, the Mighty Ducks movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's the world heavyweight champion, he's still the underdog. That's what's hilarious. Yeah. Well, at the seriously. end of this movie, he's not the heavyweight champion. No, he's not. No, but no, he, he he doesn't win. He no. doesn't win. But, but I, uh, I I know I, I did some research. He he does later get that uh, distinction uh, at the end of of Rocky two or three, right? Yeah, 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 he does two. Well, technically nobody won. You didn't knock the guy down to the count of ten, you know. Right, right, and then three. He's dealing with with the fame. Three. He's dealing with Mr. T. Mr. T. And Mr. T. <laughs> it's two southpaws going at it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Mix it up. <laughs> huh? Yeah.
big hat. I've never seen a fighter that concerned about his hair. <laughs> But Stallone had quite a few franchises uh, that have come out. Like right after, right after this movie, he started on Rambo, didn't he? On First Blood. Yes, he did. And First Blood is another movie where he made a truly iconic role. Like, did he write that movie? What was the advent of that movie? Yeah, he was, wrote that movie. He, he wrote, wrote that. He movie? wrote it all. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. This guy's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's a really compelling story in and of its own right. You know, and it's very much about PTSD. It's about you know. The plight of veterans coming back home, yeah. and uh, That's also real life character too. Another real life Jeez. character, and, and in the end, he starts off as kind of a kind of a spree killer, kind of right. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really kill a whole lot of people. He mostly just kills cops, right? Yeah, it's because it's the, the police are the antagonists in that movie. I mean, he's he's thinking he's back in Nam again, you know. So oh yeah, man. I mean, he's having those flashbacks. PTSD. Did they even have stress. to bring his uh, his uh, commanding officer back yeah. to rein him in? Because he's like special ops, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like extreme shit. And there are people like that who have come back and who oh, have served their country in that capacity. And it's something to think about. And it, it doesn't ever really demonize anything. You know, it's just like, you know, it's a fucked up situation. The shit happens, you know. Another American hero. Yeah. And yeah, they turn him into an American hero in the next couple of movies. Yeah. I mean, Ash, I know you haven't seen Rambo. I haven't seen Rambo yet. I know yeah. of, of Rambo. I know it's one of uh, Sylvester Stallone's more famous roles. Yeah. But of course, this this was his breakout role, and uh, I think it's really interesting to see not only Rocky's the character's claim, uh, rise to fame, but also uh, you can see the parallel in real life with uh, Stallone's yeah rise to fame. Like we said earlier, it's kind of its own uh, autobiography in a way. In a way, yeah, it's very autobiographical when it comes to Stallone himself, because I mean it does kind of parallel. Uh, where he came from. I mean, he was just a small time actor. He had had a couple of roles. He really, he was getting older. I mean, I think he already had a family at that time, didn't he? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he needed a role, and he pretty much had to write himself a role. Right. So in addition to being based on, you know, the story of Chuck Webner or uh, Rocky Marciano, uh, in, in a sense, I think Stallone is kind of portraying himself in oh, this film. Very much so. Yeah. Tre- tremendously. I mean, it, this is a very personal film for him. I mean, you know, kind of like how you know, in one of our previous episodes we did Eraserhead, that's a very personal film for David Lynch. It's kind of the same way here with uh, Rocky and Stallone. You know, I mean, I know we haven't said much about the other people that made this uh, movie happen. The uh, producers and uh, the director, John G. Vildson. I mean, he did a wonderful job here. I mean, the cinematography, it's nothing that's absolutely stunning. But I mean, the way that uh, all the fights are shot and the way that the way that just Rocky's uh, life, just life is shot. I mean, it it does the trick, man. Mm -hmm. And it definitely still has that great 70s vibe to it. That, mm-hmm. makes, they, that makes movies from that era just so so awesome. I think what was really interesting about this movie was uh, one thing I noticed early on was the amount of quiet scenes, silent scenes, yeah. where you just kind of saw life happen. It goes back to that realism. There was just a lot of exchanges, and, and it wasn't like they were pointless, but they were there... In, it wasn't like, for instance, the room where you see these pointless yeah. exchanges, and they they have no place here. You you see these exchanges which don't necessarily have an overall bearing on the plot, but they add to the realism of the movie. And it adds to the development of the character. When whenever you uh, you know, there's just these silent exchanges. You know, he he in the very opening, uh, you know, of the film after his first fight, he he walks. You know, yeah. down the street, and and then at night he raps on the window and talks to the dogs. He has an exchange with some bums. Yeah, but that that's all also some really solid direction right there. Uh-huh. And uh, at Vildsen, I'm looking at an iPhone right here. He's actually done some other iconic uh, movies here. He, yeah, great ones. He he's behind the Karate Kid uh, franchise. Ralph Macchio. I don't know if you ever seen that one. Ash. Yeah. Yeah, Ash, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you ever oh, saw. You're the uh, Jaden Smith Karate Kid. I've seen Karate the Karate Kid. Kid. You've seen Karate Kid. I've seen Karate. Kid. That's Jaden Smith. I mean, rough he also he also did I Lean on Me. I mean, yeah, that's amazing, wax on, man. Wax off. Sun the floor. Daniel Sun. It's like I honestly didn't know that. Show me paint the fence. That 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 actually adds a better dimension to uh, Karate Kid, I think. What do you do? So what you have this. Uh, that that actually makes sense as well. Directed Rocky Five. Another too. another movie with a a, a focus on this uh, mentor mentee relationship. Um, of course, Rocky doesn't focus as much on that, but you you do have that in there. Um, his uh, character, the character of Mickey, yeah, in a way, kind yeah. of is as a Miyagi, someone that at first doesn't seem real motivated to. He kind of an almost an unlikable character, but then he. Finally, he takes this big interest and, and finally starts to teach the character. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it actually makes a lot of sense. It's very similar. I mean, e- even though Vilton uh, himself didn't actually write uh, this movie, I mean, he still portrayed it, uh, I mean, kind of in the same way. I mean, Classic. yeah, it's very much portrayed. Uh, Classic very underdog story. Yeah. Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it totally makes sense that he made Karate Kid. It's like I, I, I totally buy that. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, totally makes sense. Another now, inspiring movie. Inspiring movie. I mean, he, well, very inspirational. Like, film. Train, yeah, 
for a week <laughs> and then in a tournament. That's what's funny. That's yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he wins that tournament <laughs> for a week, dude. Come on. Wow. That guy was a black belt. Yeah, right. It, right. It's my understanding that after this one, though, doesn't Stallone take up as director for the next? Yeah, yeah he, he, he directed. Uh, he he directed uh, the second movie. Yeah. Second one. Okay. He also wrote it again, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, he uh, did. He co- did he co-write it with anyone? No, this is all his. Right on, right on. So he would have money to produce it. So yeah. now, if the first film is based on the story of Chuck Webner, after that though, it, it's kind of creative. Yeah. Oh, n- needless to say, it's creative. If you see the uh, robot, you know, w- w- which one was that? R- Rocky Five, right? The robot. What was? I, I think oh I heard it was yeah. A, no, Happy birthday, Polly. That was I, like four with a Russian. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh yeah, four with a resident with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, another. <laughs> I heard about the robot. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, one more franchise that Stallone uh, actually uh, brought together was the Expendables, the Expendables franchise. The Expendables. I was thinking about that movie. Oh and man, Stallone's Stallone's uh, presence in that movie, which is like, it's really interesting because this movie you see his rise to fame, Rocky's rise to fame, Stallone's rise to fame with that. You see that parallel. Yeah. But with the expendables, you have this character that's very hardened of veteran mm-hmm. that everyone knows him. And, and, and it's very much the case with Stallone because that was a fairly recent movie. Yeah, it was as a recent trio of movies that came out in the two thousands. Uh, I think the last movie came out like what? 2010, 2011 or something like that. Something like that. It may have been, it may have been a little later. But, I mean, I, I really only watched the first Expendables. I don't think I saw the other ones. I There's saw, like I think, the first were... two. And I remember the second one went even harder than the first with the celebrity cameos. And <laughs> Oh, the, yeah. Didn't it have, like, Chuck Norris? Chuck and Norris. Lee, Jackie Chan shows Chuck up. Chuck Norris jokes. Jason Statham. Oh, did he make Chuck, Chuck Norris jokes? Chuck Norris made his own Chuck Norris jokes. Oh, no. <laughs> in the movie. Why? It, why? it was fantastic. I don't know if that's fantastic. I mean, no, Walker, Texas Ranger is fantastic. I mean, Chuck Norris is a fucking homophobic jackass. Fuck him, but he's done some good movies, and he, he did Walker, Texas Ranger. Life. Yeah. 80s movies that were good. And he fought Bruce Lee. Yeah. I mean, if he brought, fought Bruce Lee and survived. <laughs> oh, man, have you seen that movie? It's a Way of the Dragon, Way of the Dragon. right? Is this Return or the Way of the Dragon? Oh, yeah. man, you've got to see that movie, Ash. You have got to see that. You want to see original Chuck Norris <laughs> and Bruce Lee? Yeah. That's what you need to check out, man. Prime, dude. That is primo shit. Like late 70s or early. Yeah, yeah. It's like late like, 70s, early 80s he, around that he time. He died Just, 74, right? That's the same so, time frame yeah. as Rocky. Right, about the same time frame, exactly. I think he, Bruce yeah. Lee died in 74, so like Game of Death was released in like 76, right? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. that was just like the last shot yeah. for Game of Death. Hell yeah. Aren't you skating? No, I ain't skating since I was 15. You know, that's when I started fighting. I was 15. Skating's got bad for the ankles, you know? Yeah. You're a pretty good skater, ain't you? <laughs> you know, like I was saying before on the way over here, you know, fight used to be tossing me, but no more, you know? See, all I wanted to do out of fight was prove I was no bum that I had the stuff to make a good pro, you know? You never got the chance? Oh, hey, you know, I ain't crying about it because I still fight. I kind of do it like a hobby. See, I'll tell you what the trouble is. You see, I'm a southpaw. What's a southpaw? Oh, southpaw means you're left-handed, and southpaw throws your timing off, you see? Other guys, it throws their timing off, makes them look awkward. Nobody wants to look awkward. You know where southpaw came from? Nine huh? minutes! I'll tell you, a long time ago, there was this guy, maybe a couple hundred years ago, he was fighting in the, uh, he was fighting around, I think it was around Philadelphia, and his arm, he was left-handed, his arm was facing towards New Jersey, you see? 
and that's South. So naturally they call him South Paw. You see, South Paw, South Jersey, South Camden, South Paw. You know what I mean? I don't know. Things probably worked out for the best, don't you think? Never got a chance though, because you're left-handed, huh? Well, that's absolutely true. You know. Watch out! Watch out! I'm... Ah! 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 I just dislocated my finger. Ah! Look at that. Oh! No, no, no. Hey, wait, hey, hey. It ain't your fault. Look. See? Look, I had it. It's all, it's an old wound. You see that? Look. See? Nothing. It bends like that. See, I originally done it. Look, push the button. Bong. Works. No, it ain't your fault. Look. I'm going to show you something. Seven minutes. Yeah, I originally, I originally done it. I carry pictures of all my fights. I originally done it in the baby Crenshaw fight. You see that? Big baby's about the size of an airplane. I broke both my hands on his face. I lost that fight, but that's a nice picture, don't you think? See how it works there? Real nice. Uh, come on, you having a good time? I'll tell you, you can see I ain't too graceful, you know what I mean? I don't move well. But I'll tell you, I can really swat, you know what I mean? I can really hit hard. But I'm a southpaw, and nobody wants to fight no southpaw, you know what I mean? Huh? Woo! You know how I got started fighting? Huh? No. Am I talking too loud? Three minutes! My father, he's uh, my old man. He was never too smart. He says to me, you weren't born much of a brain, you know, so uh, you better start using your body, right? So I've become a fighter. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> why you, why you left? My mother, she said the opposite thing. What'd she say? What'd she say the opposite? Said you weren't born much of a body, so you better develop your brain. Did she say that? You, time. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Why do you want to fight? Because I can't sing or dance. Hey, yo. Don't fall. Don't fall. Hey, that was terrific. I'm pretty good at this. You like the way I skate? You know, the last fight I had, I had with this guy named Spider Rico. Yeah. He busted my head up there. You see that scar? I'll tell you, things get pretty rough in the ring. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I think that uh, this movie is fantastic. I mean, it's to very this day, ingrained in our culture. Yeah, it's, mean, it's ingrained in our culture, and it's necessary viewing for everyone. Man, no, no matter who you are in America, it's like you've got to watch this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. I mean, but I've I've, I've heard the theme. I've seen the training montage. <laughs> yeah, they took I've it seen all Netflix. the inspiration. Oh know, yeah, this oh, is yeah. the underdog movie. The underdog movie of all time. I mean, what what what's another similar underdog movie like other than like uh, Mighty Ducks? Like Real right? Steel, Hugh Jackman. Isn't there a movie That's called Underdog? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Real Steel. <laughs> what? Isn't that? there a movie called Underdogs? Yeah, there is. I think the less uh, said about it, the, the better, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like the Fighter MMA. The Fighter is great, man. That's a great movie. That's actually a true story. Was that Mark Wahlberg? And Christian Bale? Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's a great movie. That's a good uh, boxing Mickey, movie. Mickey Ward, that's like... Marky Mark and Batman. Early 90s, right? Yeah, man. I mean, boxing movies in their own right, which we haven't even gotten into that much. I mean, it, that's a great... It's a legitimate genre of cinema that has given us some uh, some award-winning movies, you know, like Raging Bull, you know, The Fighter. I mean, and that's another thing that's also ingrained in our culture is, you know, a, a sport like boxing. And that's a quintessentially, you know, it's, it's worldwide, but it's quintessentially American as well. But when you think of a boxing movie, which movie do you think of? 
Rocky. Rocky. Of course, Rocky. Rocky. This is the definitive movie of, of that type, of that genre, of the sports genre entirely. And it may not have been the first, but it's definitely the definitive boxing yes. movie, the definitive underdog movie. Oh, definitely. Now, I mean, I, normally American we would probably, dream. yeah, the American dream. <laughs> yeah, American dream. America. 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 Oh, God. The America. Living in Donald Trump's America. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, this is a movie for our times. It was a movie of its time, and everybody needs to watch this, like, hands down. Every once in a while, at least. Do you think it's aged at, well? At least. <clears throat> it's, aged, it's aged splendidly well. It still holds uh-huh. up, yeah. It holds up. I mean, the performances hold up. The, the actual filmmaking, the cinematography holds up. The writing holds up. Now, one I mean, thing I wondered about after seeing the movie is, do you think they could do a remake of this? Well, isn't that kind of what Creed was a little bit? <laughs> right. Creed I mean, still occurs in the same continuity, though. So yeah, it does. It has, it has that older Rocky. Yeah. I mean, I, in many ways, I kind of feel that Creed is the remake of It's like Rocky. a parallel, right? I was thinking they can do a prequel, go back kinda to his like younger days. Kind of like what The Force Awakens did. Yeah. With the original trilogy. Yeah, something like that. Or like Robert just said, a prequel. Yeah. You know? Call it the Italian style. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. Netflix original. <laughs> or remember when they made the movie Rocky Balboa? Yeah. Like that was just based off somebody did a computer simulator simulation of whether seventies Balboa would beat this one fighter and that brought him out of retirement just to fight this one dude. Supposed to be like Mayweather at that time, right? Right. Yeah. And then after that he became a trainer for Adonis Creed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great character arc when you really get to it. When you really watch all the different films and you see where it goes, it's a wonderful character arc. And I think that, you know, I haven't seen all of the movies, but I have the impression that it's the same thing again and again, though, is that this character who always gets back up after he's been beaten. Yeah, but he also undergoes, he also uh, experiences tragedy as well. Uh huh. You know, along the line, he loses Adrian, unfortunately. I think I I heard that. And Polly. Very yeah, sad. Polly dies. Mickey dies. Yeah, they all uh, die. Ap- Apollo dies. Is what is what makes uh, the movie Creed so poignant, honestly. And then you know he he gets cancer himself, and it's just like oh jeez. Oh, so My it's wife. all it's all coming around to him now. It's like he's the last one left. This time, damn. Yeah, I mean somehow such is life, you know. That's all it is. Mm. You know, as, as crazy as some of the later movies got, I mean it's still. I mean, it's still a very human story. Creed 2 is supposed to come out later this year. Yeah, that's too. right. That's right. There's going to be a new Creed movie coming out uh, in November, I believe. Uh, according to IMDb, I think it's November 2nd or something like that. I know it's in 2018. Yeah, it, it's coming out this year for sure. And, uh, you know, it's going to continue the the legacy with uh, Apollo Creed's son, Adonis Creed. Adonis Rocky Creed. being the mentor. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, Rocky, I think he'll be battling cancer. Unfortunately, yeah. that'll be rough. It's going to be another rematch. So that might title. be another yeah. plot point. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really, really cool. We can't wait. I mean, that's going to be an awesome, awesome movie. Does Rocky fight in Creed? No, uh, no he doesn't. He just trains. Uh, he's just the mentor. He's role. pretty that's, much like Mick. Yeah, like, he becomes like Mickey Mick. pretty much. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, but he's just old, older Rocky. Yeah, he's you know? old. He really can't do it anymore. Yeah, but I mean, he, he can he can certainly uh, train, though. Doesn't he try to retire several times throughout the franchise, too? He does, yeah. (laughs) I think he retired 
number five something, something as like the world that. heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. still the champion two times. Hell yeah, man! And who doesn't enjoy a movie about a guy that strives to be the best and then and then he gets there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And you know, and even though he doesn't win, he achieves the heights that he sets for himself. You know, so, yeah. he, he achieves his goals. We're now watching. You know. The, the, the very beginning of him starting. This is not the training montage, but this is just prior. Yeah. Uh, I think the slow yeah, version of the hurt, theme is playing here. And he's hurting bad yeah. here. Yeah. Those steps don't look too hard to go up, but it must be because of his fighting. He, he must have been really injured. Yeah. I mean, beforehand, he didn't really train properly. Yeah, he was just he kind smoked, of doing it. But he wasn't years, motivated. Drinking, yeah. What yeah. did they say? Women make the legs weak. <laughs> exactly. Women, women make the legs weak. Women weaken legs or something. <laughs> <laughs> no fool around. No I fool think, around. I think there's actually some scientific basis for that, actually. Like uh, for athletes. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, if you have sex beforehand, it does kind of affect your performance. Like you kind I'd of imagine just, so. Yeah, I mean, it stands to reason. There's I guess. a point in the film where with Adrian, I remember where he, he he tells her, "No fooling around, no fooling around." Yeah, they they can't even do it. It becomes a plot point. But he feels a little bad, and then later on, he apologizes to her in that same scene. And they end up doing it anyways, uh, off screen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yes, yeah, so so many iconic scenes, so many uh, iconic performances. This is one of the quintessential American movies buy this movie. I mean, it, it'd be pointless to give it a rating because we all know I mean, how important it is. Mm-hmm. It's an important work. Honestly, I can't wait for Creed 2. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Are we going to do an episode on that? I would like to do an episode on Creed at least. Yeah. Or, or some of the Rocky sequels. Yeah. Like, we we got to get to Rocky 2 sometime soon. Yeah. I mean, we already have season 2 pretty much uh, planned out. You know, starts uh, October 26th. Starts with uh, the new Halloween movie. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be there. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yes, check this movie out. And on to the next movie, which is going to be so amazing. I can't wait for this. I can't wait to show this to Ash because you are going to just freak the fuck out, man. <laughs> we are doing the classic avant-garde, subversive, dark comedy, I guess you could say, Freddy Got Fingered by Tom Green. Oh, yeah. Glorious. Can't wait for that one. <laughs> I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk back as fast as you can. I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk back as fast as you can. Oh, man, we are going to quote things. We are going to get high. We are going to have fun. This is going to be a great one, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all need to join us for this. We, we are coming up to the uh, last couple of episodes of this season. And we're, we're going to be live streaming next we will- episode. Yes, I believe that we will go ahead and do a little bit of live streaming this ne- next episode on Twitter. You can find us at Cinema Podcast. You know, find us on Twitter. I mean, and Freddy Got Fingered, oh man, that's that's a movie that just has a lot of great memories for me. Kind of like How High earlier in the season. It's like that. That's another movie that has lots of great memories just watching it. I have it in my collection. I believe it should be on the Criterion Collection. So you, you heard me, Criterion. You need this movie on there. You can get Bowling for Columbine. Or you can get uh, House Sue. House. Remember that, Robert? Yeah. Oh, God, that movie. House. You, you can have House on there. It's like, yeah, you can have Freddy Got Fingered. We will we will make a case for it next episode. Like, most definitely. <laughs> I think it's Tom Green's best word. And Ash 
You are in for a ride. Yes, you are. Right, ladies and gentlemen? Be excited or scared. Oh, you need to be both. Excited. <laughs> Start taking scared, notes. Take some notes. Take some notes. We're, we're definitely doing a commentary for that. We're, we may as well go ahead and announce that. We're going to do a commentary for Freddy Got Fingered. And it's going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Like We've had a lot of fun this season. We have two more movies. I guess we'll just go ahead and say what they are. We'll just go ahead and announce them. Episode after Freddy Got Fingered will be Harmony Corrine's classic debut, uh, Gummo. Which is, a, I mean, that's going to remind y'all a lot of our hometown. And our season finale will be Ricky O, the story of Ricky. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot of crazy movies to get to before we end this uh, season. Like, what do you think, Robert? Yeah, I can't wait for Ricky O. Ricky O is going to be great. It's our season finale. Huh? That's another movie that Ash needs to witness. You're going to love it, Ash. I'm going to because I'll be doing these episodes. Yeah, you, you, will, you will definitely witness some things. I mean, definitely. And our, uh, hopefully our listeners will, if they haven't seen these movies, they will witness some things. Right, guys? Tune in soon. Tune in soon. Yeah, coming soon. And, of course, Season 2 will begin October 26th. It will be the uh, Halloween uh, reboot sequel thing, The Majigger. That's coming out. It'll be our next at the theater episode. And we're really, really excited for what we have in season two. We have lots of interesting things in store, right? Yeah, can't wait for that. But first, we have three more episodes to get through. Robert Ortegon, Ash Chancellor, Bo Maddox, Collateral Cinema, out. Bye, everybody. Peace. Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by their respective creators. Please don't sue us. We're poor.